What up, guys? It's producer Ian. Head on over to fantasydaydreamers.com. I finally released the new monthly article for October. It's all about Peyton Hillis and how he was an enigma. Uh, That's actually the name of it. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a long read, very satisfying read. Anyway, here comes the podcast. What's up? Good, it's your boy. Big Gain, your host, JJ, and this is the Fantasy Daydreamers Podcast. So, with me again, as always, I got producer Ian taking a drink as we speak. Shout out, it's producer Ian. You can follow me at Daydreaming Ian uh, on Twitter. I also have Keone with me here again. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. So nice. They did it twice. Um, great, grateful to be here. Uh, you can follow me at Daydreamer Keone on Twitter. All right, cool. And uh, you guys can follow me at JJ Daydreamers over on Twitter as well. Today, we're going to have some news for you guys. We're going to have a few drop and ad candidates. And then we're going to have uh, players of the week, players that stood out to us. So let's get right into it with the news. All right, this week, T.Y. Hilton left the game with a groin injury. If you own him, he's 62% owned in ESPN leagues. It's time to let go. Get rid of him. Move on. There's not much else to say there. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galladay, this one is a little more fantasy relevant. He left with a hip injury, and he is expected to be out this week. And um, he's supposed to be week to week with this injury. That's a big one. I heard he's been mad about him not getting a contract extension and him he's not getting the ball as much as he would like, and now he's in with his second injury. Or, or out with his second injury, not in with his second injury. So it's really something to keep an eye on. What, how do you, Keone, how do you feel about the Kenny Conspiracy Gold? watch. Conspiracy watch. He's hurting himself <laughs> to somehow get a better contract. Mm. It doesn't really check out, but <laughs> in the yeah. twisted mind of Kenny Galladay, you know, it works. Yeah. You, know, you know, the water in Detroit is weird. So maybe he's drinking some weird water. I don't know. Yeah. So you're not going to start Kenny Galladay this week. And Matthew Stafford has really struggled in the two games. He didn't have Galladay at all. So if you've been streaming Matthew Stafford, maybe you might want to look somewhere else. All right. In other news, Adam Humphreys, he left with a concussion. They brought out the board for him. He got taken off the field. He's not someone you need to own. I'm mad they didn't give him the catch. <laughs> but that's, that's just me. Not mad that, you know, he has brain damage right <laughs> yeah, now. He held on to that ball. Literally has a TBI. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not fantasy relevant though. If you if you do own him, drop him. Daryl Henderson, he's dealing with a a thigh injury. Between him, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers, that backfield is a complete committee. So, if he's out, do you start one of the other guys, or do you, are you just trying to stay away? 
because Henderson seemed to be the guy that you wanted to start for the last few weeks there. I I don't know. I like I I don't like anybody in that backfield. I think they kind of seem to completely steer away from Malcolm Brown there for a couple weeks. So I think if you're going for it, I'm going for the uh, uh, for Cam Akers just because he has higher upside to me. They do seem to trust Malcolm Brown where he's not getting a lot of work, but he's getting work, a little bit of work every single week. Some sad news, Tevin Coleman, he came back, but he left with a knee injury, hurt yet again. So this this San Francisco backfield, this whole San Francisco team, we're going to we're going to talk about two other people next, but Jarek McKinnon, can you start him? Are you just moving on from the whole San Francisco backfield, Keone? Yeah, I've been they've been way too hurt. And somebody comes up and they either have a good game or they get injured. It's ridiculous. I don't know what it is with their field. Maybe it's the new stadium. I, I don't know. It's something in the water. It could be. They took it from Detroit. Yeah, because Jimmy Garoppolo, he went down with an, uh, another ankle injury or the same ankle injury, just re-injured it. And George Kittle left with a foot injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, his, his high ankle sprain, he's expected to be at, at least six weeks. So if you have him in a two-quarterback league or anything, it's time to move on. He's, he's going to be out almost the rest of the season. George Kittle, this is the big one. With his foot injury, he's out eight weeks for sure, minimum eight weeks. I've heard a few places that it could be season-ending, but for fantasy, you got to move on. You got to go – stream tight end if you have kid if you had kittle that was a yeah. broken foot right it's a broken yeah. bone in his foot uh, yeah so that's just terrible yeah um all right Kenyon drake he has an ankle injury and he is unlikely to play this week but it doesn't seem like he's going to be out long if you have Kenyon Drake, go get Chase Edmonds if he's still available. Great handcuff. You can start him up while uh, Kenyon Drake is out. You guys agree with that? Fully, 100%. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a RB2 while Kenyon Drake is out. This one came out after the game. Jonathan Taylor, he didn't look so good, but that's because he was dealing with an ankle injury the whole game. No one knew, but... Naheem Hines went off to receiving touchdowns and Jonathan Taylor just didn't look the same. It's something to keep an eye on, see how he does throughout the week in practices. And if he's not practicing or if he's questionable or doubtful before the games, then just just be ready to pivot away from him. If that means Naheem Hines, then that means Naheem Hines. Real conspiracy watch right here. I don't think like it wouldn't surprise me. He was like he wasn't on their injury report before the game. Do you think he just had a bad game? And then they were like, you know what, actually? He was injured. Like he was hurt. Like you can kind of say anybody in the NFL at any point is injured if you want to say like everybody's dealing with a little bit of something. Yeah, but just like Gardner Minshew, we're gonna get to here in a little bit. They didn't know he that he had a broken uh bone in his thumb and his throwing hand for you know since week two and they just found out 
I think because the NFL players are get banged up so much during the week, you know, it was just it was just probably bothering him throughout the week, you know, but nothing big. He just thought it was like a football thing, you know. I tweaked my ankle one day at practice, but then it turns out okay after the game I did not play well. Let me go actually get this looked at, and it turned into be something a little bit more than he thought. Fair, okay, I get it. Austin Hooper, finally some positive news. There, the Browns are on a bye this week, but he will be back. He, they're guaranteeing he's going to play uh, after their bye. So he looks pretty good before. If you lost someone like Kittle and he's out there, then maybe I don't think Austin Hooper's a bad pivot. No, especially since like Najoku and Bryant really did not step up at all this week. Like I think Bryant had a fumble. Yeah, so, he did. It's just he's their he needs to like he's their number one guy. So yeah, for sure. Odell's out now too. I w- I would like to see him without Odell on the field because I think I think Baker's going to really rely on Austin Hooper. Like I just said, Gardner Minshew he broke a bone in his in his throwing hand. He's going to be inactive this week, according to head coach Doug Marone. I mean, he, he started off so high, but I don't think you've been playing him recently. He hasn't been doing so hot. So I don't even know if you even have him anymore. If you do, move on. And the Panthers are hoping to have Christian McCaffrey back this week. So this one's – I have a question for you guys. Does this ruin Mike Davis if Christian McCaffrey finally does come back? Are you guys playing it? Because I feel like you've been starting him every week. So does this ruin Mike Davis completely? Is he moved to a flex option? I don't think you can drop him for sh- for sure. Yeah, because we don't know how effective uh, McCaffrey will be when he comes back. So I, I hate to be like the, the wait and see kind of guy, but I need to see a game where they're both going to be in the backfield because I can't imagine they'll completely eliminate him, Mike Davis, from the, the backfield. Yeah, but I imagine he will definitely his reps will get cut down with McCaffrey coming back. But you don't think it's going to go back to where Christian McCaffrey was getting ninety eight percent of the snaps? I think Davis has sort of earned a little bit to be on the field because he's shown like, hey, I'm like I'm not as necessarily as good as McCaffrey, but I can play. I can so, get the job done. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Ian, you have any thoughts on Christian McCaffrey I, I coming think, back? I think if you're going to play Mike Davis um, with Christian McCaffrey being back, like you only get one week. Mike Davis in the past three games when they've lost has not been producing. Like he and his biggest factor has been in the receiving game, and he has gone down to only. Th- three targets, five targets, and two targets in the last three games. Like, he is not being – he's not the person that we have – like, we have, he's not the player that we've seen the weeks before. So, I think you have, like, one last week for when they're getting CMC to feel the game back. Like, hey, like, ease CMC back in, but once CMC is fully ready to go, Mike Davis is arguably a cut unless you think McCaffrey's going to get hurt again. So if you can, you're trying to sell Mike Davis now? Yeah, or, trying to get rid of him now. 
Makes sense. I'm not mad at that. All right, I think that'll do it for us for the news for today. Let's let's move on to some ad and drop candidates. All right, let's go over some drop candidates first. There's not that many this week. It's really slim pickings on who to drop. Um, first, Joshua Kelly. With Austin Eckler out, it was really was between him and Justin Jackson on – who was going to take over this backfield. And they seemed to split the carries for a few weeks, but this last week, Justin Jackson did not, or Justin Jackson looked great, but Joshua Kelly did not. I think, Oh, go for it. I was just going to say, I think just Justin Jackson has been able to do more, even though they're splitting reps, he's been able to do more with what he's given than Joshua Kelly who has not really been able to do much of anything. Yeah. But this last week, Kelly had seven carries and Jackson had 17. I think this last week is what really put them over the edge on, okay, because they were splitting, you're right, carries before. But now this last week, it it seemed to flip all the way to Justin Jackson. So I think that's why Kelly is a drop candidate. I think they just like to use Joshua Kelly as like um, their bigger running back, like go in and and you're going to kind of put your head down and, and get the three, four yards. And so I don't think they trust him yet to do that for all four play, like the whole series. It's just kind of when they need the yards, they're going to put them in. And so they'd rather have somebody more elusive like Justin Jackson in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, another drop candidate, Mike Gesicki. Tight ends are not good, and we're really scraping here. But Tua, Tua looked like he was playing conservative and didn't look like he was going to Mike Gesicki. You guys agree with that? Yeah. One, one, one catch. One catch. Two, two targets. Yeah, so... Mike Gusecki, I think, was someone that you could have streamed anyway, but he's not someone that, with Tua in there, until until they prove that they have a connection, Tua looked like a, a typical rookie quarterback, just game managing, trying to game manage. And his defense and his special teams really came through for him, so that really helped him. Yeah, he was able to game manage completely. And there are other tight ends that are out there for like the time being that we'll talk about later on um, that are better options than Mike Gusecki, at least right now. So. Mike Gusecki this year has four games with one reception or fewer and three games with more than that. So I, he is, I think the epitome of boom or bust. And even then his boom games are, 23, that's good. And then 11.6. That's not somebody I'm I'm trying to ride or die with to, to boom. Yeah, no, not at all. That's, that's a great point. You guys have anyone else you guys want to drop this week? Uh, if you still have any Jets players, I don't know why, but you should drop them. Except for Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Jamison Crowder's hurt too, so that's real. He's 
real tough to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, drop both of them. The guys that got hurt. Yeah, it's just people who you know aren't coming back. Get rid of. Otherwise than that, there's a lot of people I think that you can look at and be like, uh, you kind of want to wait because they do have that upside, but they're just not producing right now. Yeah. On the other side, there's not a lot of players to add this week. So maybe you might want to just stick with your team, try to get a trade off or something. Um, for our ads this week, Curtis Samuel is our first one. They He ran the ball one – or no, he ran the ball for 23 yards and he scored a touchdown. They seemed to hand the ball off to him and use him as an actual running back this week, which is weird. He only caught four passes for 31 yards, but he got in the end zone. I thought before this season he was going to be a wide receiver three flex option kind of guy. And he's finally done that this week. If you really need to add someone, go ahead and add Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he seems to be getting some decent work in the run game. I mean, he had three carries this week. He had one carry last week, but he scored. And then every other week besides that, he gets about four carries, four, 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 two, and one. So, I mean, with CMC out, and then it kind of seems like they've lost a little bit of trust in Mike Davis that they're going to spread the ball around and see who can get them yards at any point. And it looks like Curtis Samuel's one of those guys. And yeah. he, he gets lucky and takes it to the house. Yeah, his rushing touchdown was a handoff between the tackles. It wasn't like a jet sweep or anything like that. He get, He's getting the ball in the backfield and running it up the middle now. But with Sam Sam coming back, he might get less touches. Who knows? He's he's not someone you're going to start, but he's someone you can pick up if, if you need to pick up someone. Another guy you can pick up, Corey Davis. He finished wide receiver five on the week with 22 fantasy points, 10 targets, 128 yards, and he got in the end zone. We said to drop him. Uh... A few episodes ago, last episode, but no, not last episode. Uh, no, I think it was um, earlier in the year. Yeah, but he seems to have a role on this team. They don't throw a lot, but whenever they do, Corey, Corey Davis has a role. He gets targets, and he has a chance of getting in the end zone every week, so he's someone you could add. I think it helps that um, Jonu Smith just keeps getting injured. True. And so with Jonu Smith out there, I think Fersker that last week, I think it was, he had that good game. He kind of got lucky with that. Um, And then now they're really revealing who their game plan is for, depending on who's on the field. It's Derrick Henry first, AJ Brown, and then Corey Davis. Like he's, he's having good games. He's, he had his best game of his, uh, of the year so far. And, I mean, he looked really good out there, even in a game where, honestly, the Titans looked kind of bad. Yeah, like they did. Against, against the Bengals, it, it didn't look good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like we, we mentioned last week, or I mentioned I was hesitant last week, I think, about them having so many options. I think yeah. this week, it's like after this game, there's not as many options. So, yeah, it's pretty much just Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, 
and Corey Davis. Well, Adam so, Humphreys did get his head taken off. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see him back in a in a while. Oh yeah. And yeah, like Ian said with Johnny Smith not hasn't been producing the last few weeks because of the injury or what have you. Corey Davis has really looked like the number two pass catching option on this team. And they showed they have the ability to ball out. So yep. you never know. I I will say the one downside to picking up Corey Davis is the matchup for the next four weeks are not great. They have Chicago, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Indianapolis again. So that's the one downside to picking up Corey Davis. You're hoping that even though they're playing tough defenses, that Ryan Tannehill can still have the opportunity to give him the ball. Well, you're hoping that the tough defenses stop Derrick Henry and so they have to pass the ball and Corey Davis is going to get some targets. Yeah. That's what you're hoping for. And you're hoping Actually, he gets in the end zone. Yeah, because Indy doesn't necessarily stop the pass. but Like, they stop the run, but not yeah. necessarily the pass. So. Yeah, interesting. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Another guy, Bill Belichick running back. So, be wary, be wary. Damian Harris. He went for over 100 yards this week on the ground. He looks pretty good. There's a lot of injuries to the running back position this year. So this is someone that right now you, I feel like you can count on. Yeah, it's, it's a big one just because they're going against the Jets next week. So he's definitely a, uh, a pickup and plug in immediately. And then, you know what, you can reevaluate when they go against Baltimore in week 10. Um, but for, I mean, the Jets don't seem, the Jets look like they can't even stop like a high school football team at this point. So Damian Harris is, I would say, a pretty smart plug-and-play option for this week. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, again, the a little hesitant with the New England running back because of the history with that, but the Jets are just terrible. It's absolutely garbage. So anybody can do anything on them. I think I'm pretty sure all of us could do well against them <laughs> if they just showed up on the field. So... <laughs> A professional I'd love to see player. <laughs> I'd love to see Keone being like, "Yeah, give me the, give me the football. Let's go." <laughs> Just... I'd be, I'd be Adam Gase's best player. So. <laughs> um, Don't disrespect Frank Gore like that. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry. He's a vet. He's a vet. So. Oh man. All right. Anyone else you guys want to add this week? There's not a lot of people out there. Yeah, thin pickings. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our ad drops then. Let's move on to our players of the week. Players of the week. These are going to be people that are that just surprised us in week eight, whether good or bad. We'll go over um, how they did and what we think of them. So, Keone, I know you wanted to really talk about this quarterback, so let's start it off. Josh Allen. Oh, boy. Um, he... Like at the start of the year, he was potential MVP candidate. And in the past few weeks, he has shown that that's not really the case. Like it shows that why there's a long season, anything can really happen. So over the past couple of weeks, he has not done well. And he has not really thrown touchdowns. I think in the past two weeks, he doesn't have a, a passing touchdown. 
he has a running he had a running touchdown which really saved his game but yeah other than that he has i think he had like 152 passing this week which is terrible and no touchdowns and plus an interception Oh, 154. Yeah. Close. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but he had also had an interception. So the touchdown really like was there to save him. But the biggest reason I am mad about Josh Allen is because <laughs> he made Mr. Consistent Cole Beasley look bad. How dare you, Mr. Allen? <laughs> How dare you, sir? You gave Cole Beasley his worst game of the season. And I just cannot stand for that. Ridiculous. He only had two catches, I think, for 24 yards. It was his first game under five points this year. And it's coming off a week where he had almost 19 points in fantasy. And I'm just, he's not Mr. Consistent now. I just don't know what to do. I'm lost. I'm, I'm walking in a void because of Josh Allen. Okay, that's, that's why I'm mad. <laughs> you okay, bud? No, but... So, jo- Josh Allen is still the number four quarterback on the season right now. He's averaging 23.707 fantasy points. So... Would you rather have him or Tom Brady right now, Keone? Are 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 you sticking with Josh Allen? You're not. Are you scared to start him the rest of the season? Are you? Um. Uh, um. I. I mean, Brady has shown he can be up and down. Mm-hmm. But. I. I think Josh like, Allen's. Uh, ceiling is is really really high. But so is Tom yeah. Brady. Um, I just think they need to get their stuff together. Like, I don't know what's happening in Buffalo for the time being, but I still believe they're going against Seattle this upcoming week. So if they can't do it against Seattle, then maybe I'll pass on him. But then you'll start to way. worry. Then I will really start to worry. Yeah, if they can't do it against <laughs> Seattle. Just maybe these past two weeks were kind of a little slump. Yes. And even he, last week, he had like around 18 and a half points. But what do you, what do you think Tom Brady's ceiling is? Well, he had the five touchdowns against the Chargers. That, that's the ceiling. Yeah, I, I guess. Had, like, he had, he's had two about 40 point games. I mean, the five touchdowns against the charger, you had 39 and a half. And then last week against Vegas, he had 40, 40 and a half. So he, he can get there, but then like, it seems he either has like 40 points or then he has 13, 15, 16. And then instead of 26, 26. And then this tonight, he just got about 21. So I think he's just more inconsistent than Allen was at the beginning of the season. But now Allen is kind of dropping off a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, uh, Brady's going against New Orleans next week. Brady's going against New Orleans again? Yeah, next week. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing necessarily right now. I think it's, I think it's a good thing for right now. 
shootout, hopefully, we're hoping for. A lot of points scored. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's move on to another guy that surprised it, surprised us, or maybe he didn't surprise us. We all saw this. Gigi Danucci. <laughs> ben Danucci. <laughs> ben Danucci. Didn't really surprise us. Didn't look that great. He's a seventh-round quarterback. It's a bigger thing for all the wide receivers and Zeke. Do you guys trust Zeke? Do you guys trust Amari Cooper? Do you guys trust Michael Gallup or C.D. Lamb? Um, I think, like, last week I was really quick to say the Amari Cooper versus A.J. Green. I may have to be uh, backpedaling on that, even though neither <laughs> of them did well. Yeah. Cooper did really bad. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I was maybe overestimating Gucci Danucci's abilities. Um, so I think it really like affects the rest of the team. Um, and he had one of the best quotes I've ever heard. <laughs> what was the quote? This, this NFL thing, it's hard. <laughs> like what? No, really? <laughs> he should hang out with Leonard Fournette cause it's too easy for, for Fournette, but it's hard for Danucci. Yeah. You're the odd couple. The odd couple. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Cooper Cooper had five targets, but he only caught one catch for five yards. Like he was the worst wide receiver on the team. Andy Dalton might be back, so let's hope. Do you think that helps? Are are you willing to start Amari Cooper? Because I think he's the only wide receiver you have a question about starting because he can explode in the, in some games and then fall off in others. So, do you want? I don't think you want to miss out on the explosion games. Do you think there's an explosion game coming, or are you benching Cooper for now? If Andy Dalton is able to be on the field, I can trust Cooper with him because he still did well with. Um, Andy Dalton playing, but um, it's I'm a yeah I I I believe in when in him when he has a competent quarterback. Okay, yeah. So another person, Dalton Schultz, he hasn't looked so great coming back from the injury, but he is someone that he's going to get targets. He got eight of them, fifty three yards. It's the tight end position, so. Is he a streamer, or is he, if you lost Kittle this week, is he someone you're looking to go pick up? I think he's a streaming option. I don't know if he's a pick-up-and-keep option. I think you can stream him, but I, I believe that he had the eight targets because uh, Ben, like, kind of what we said about rookie quarterbacks before and, like, new quarterbacks, especially a seventh-round quarterback, he's just going to try to check it down in the middle and that's where that's like the tight end um like play place like that's that's where the tight end lives is just like go five yards and turn around and catch the ball like they're not doing anything weird i don't know about anybody else on the team because i don't think andy dalton's also great i think ben Danucci kind of got struck by the the bright lights of the nfl and how difficult it is but he also that cowboys offensive line went from one of the best we've seen 
years ago to now being so hurt that they're they're absolutely abysmal. They are horrible on the offensive line. So I I don't know if any quarterback back there has enough time to actually read a defense and do anything. Plus with Amari Cooper liking to take plays off. Yeah. It, it gets harder to determine how well he's going to do. Yeah, and we saw we saw uh Gucci Danucci target Michael Gallup quite a bit. Twelve targets, seven catches. If Dalton's out, does Michael Gallup have value to you for you guys? I think I stay away from it like if, if Danucci's playing, yeah. It's one of those things where it was starting to trend that way anyways with the way they played early in the season, but especially with now with their third string quarterback, um, I'm starting to stay away from a lot, like the majority of Cowboys players. Yeah. They play the Steelers this coming up week. So I don't foresee that offensive line blocking anyone on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That sack trend will continue. Yeah. Then they play the Vikings, then the Washington, Washington's Ravens, Bengals, 49ers. So, tough yeah it's a little tough there i so. honestly can see the steelers getting i kind of want to have a hot take swept uh shut out 24 no. to nothing 10 sacks i think the steelers are going to <laughs> combine 10 sacks <laughs> i thought you were going to call for the gucci danucci victory lap the, yeah, the gucci, gucci danucci will prevent the steelers from winning this game Hey man, you never know. Steelers will not finish with a winning record. That's the hottest take right there. Surprising, yeah. That would be just lose every game from now and from here on out. All right, another guy we want to talk about that surprised us: Joe Burrow. Two hundred and forty-nine yards, two touchdowns. He didn't throw an interception. He didn't do it on the ground this week, which. He hasn't really at all. He's gotten in the end zone twice on the ground this season. This is a definite streaming option, right, Joe Burrow? Uh, oh, yeah, especially based on matchup. Who do they play this coming up? They have a bye. I mean, he threw, he threw for 400 yards uh, in a game for a rookie. He's having a great rookie season. He's even doing it while he's literally running for his life. It feels like every second, like third play of the game. Um, he's, he's having, he's putting up good numbers and his fantasy points are reflecting that most of the time. Um, he's had what now? One, two, three, four, five games under 20. But he has he has that ability. He has the ability to go and and outperform. And plus, like especially if you were one of those people who decided that they were going to start Garoppolo, I think you can definitely go out and stream Burrow. Um, but he's he's getting it done, and he's getting it done well. I mean, he still kind of throws a lot of interceptions. He has. Oh, he only has. Six or five. That's not that bad. Um, and the rest of his season is actually pretty favorable with about half of his matchups being good for him against Washington, Giants, Dallas, and then Houston. 
I'd say those are games you can put him in, but then the other half, I would not. So that's where his streaming ability like comes in. So 50% of the games he has left after the bye, I think you can put him in. I would actually disagree with Washington being a good matchup for him. Just because he does, because that offensive line does not protect him. He gets sacked so many times a game and Washington uh, the only good players on Washington, Washington's are Terry McLaurin and then the defensive line. That defensive line can get sacks. So that's just going to be the only issue for him is I feel like he's going to get sacked. It feels like once every drive or like he's going to be hit a lot. So, I mean, at that point, you're hoping that he just performs well against a bad team overall. Still, three games at least, that's that's still a viable like streaming in three of those games so yeah yeah for sure that's what i'm saying too i'm agreeing with keone three if you can play if you can stream for three games then that's great look mm-hmm. for him in those games because he does play the giants like you said and the cowboys those are two easy stream options all right let's move on to some running backs we want to talk about this week first up an easy one dalvin cook running back Ooh. one on the week <laughs> he came back Three touchdowns on the ground, one through the air, 163 yards. This man is a monster. They clearly showed they knew what they were doing, having him take a week off, going into the bye, and just really letting him rest up because he exploded on this Packers team. Yeah. I, I He might have hurt us because we were a little bit slightly disrespectful Hesitant. to him. Yeah. yeah, we were just a, the teeny bit. However... I think the caveat to us talking about him is we said if he was injured or like if he wasn't full 100%, yeah. but he showed that he's 100%. So if he is, he is one of, if not like the best running back in the league. Yeah. Must start Alexander Madison back to your bench. Really Dalvin cook ruined all Vikings fantasy players, uh, players for fantasy this week. Thielen oh, yeah. didn't have a great game. Jefferson didn't have a great game. Kirk Cousins is not that great of a quarterback. So, <laughs> you know, he's, he does his thing. Just throw him right under the bus. <laughs> he's not good. I agree. I, you you I, could have framed it like, uh, he just had a bad game. No, it's like, oh. But he, if you have a bad game a every week. <laughs> oh, man. Like, sometimes he can, he can help. Thielen produce or Jefferson produce, but well, Cook took up so much work this week that I don't think it was really Kirk Cousins' fault. They got the win too over the Packers, so that's huge for them. Yeah, but yeah, Cook Cook was like, "Yeah, I'm coming back." And you guys, do you guys forget about me? Like, because no, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, these these Green Bay Packers, everybody's talking about. Uh uh-uh. uh It's it's my it's my game. Like this is the Dalvin Cook show, NFL. The NFL starring Dalvin Cook. Like, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised Keone didn't go with the pun that uh, Cook like cooked the the um, Green Bay defense already, or something. We already got Filet Wilson. Yeah, Filet Wilson. Wilson. So above, above the title, Dalvin Cook. He's he's a star. Yeah, he's a must start every week. Set it and forget it. Rumble peel, cooking. <laughs> I got it somehow. 
One guy we want to talk about, J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram out. He's going to be questionable again this week. He's one guy that you're waiting on to see uh, through the week, how he practices, how that turns out. Is J.K. Dobbins a guy you can start with Mark Ingram's absence? J.K. Dobbins, I believe, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, we had as a drop Drop. candidate. And if you look at all of his games, it's not a surprise. He is kind of a drop candidate. But with Mark Ingram out, and even against Pittsburgh, uh, the Ravens look like the Ravens of last year, at least in the running game. They look like they actually could run the ball better with Mark Ingram gone. And J.K. Dobbins kind of took over control. He had like I want to say like a 63 or 64% snap share compared to Gus Edwards only having like a 32 or something like that. Like it was JK's backfield this week and he produced. I don't know if you can start him per se, because I mean, he did do 113 yards against Pittsburgh. He didn't score, but they also have Indy next week and new England the week after that. And by the time it gets better for them, they should have Mark Ingram back. And so I think it goes back to that 30, 30, 30% backfield share for each of them. So I, I don't know. I think that I think he got a little lucky with the defense this week and next week. I don't think he'll have a great um, performance against that Indianapolis defense who, like Keone said, hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown. But that's in away games. Oh, and okay. Indy so. is it, and it's it's at Indy, and I was really like I am really high on the Indianapolis Colts defense. However, they're ranked third in rushing yards allowed. One of the two teams that was ahead of them was Pittsburgh. So Dobbins might be like an, ex- an exception to the rule in terms of running against a really good defense, but. Again, it's this week was sort of an anomaly, so we'll we'll we have yet to see. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins hasn't gotten into the end zone since week one either, so I don't think that's something you could count on. Gus Edwards did get in the end zone, so maybe if that flips to J.K. Dobbins' side, he has that really turns his whole week around, and he has an amazing week at that point. But I don't think it's something you could count on. I I don't think he's someone you could count on every week either, especially with Gus Edwards. You never even if Mark Ingram is out the rest of the season, let's say, which is not gonna happen, it might be Gus Edwards next week. He still had eighty seven yards and got in the end zone. So I don't in know. Reality, it's probably Lamar Jackson next week. It's probably Lamar Jackson pretty much every week with JK and Gus Edwards just getting the um What's it called? I don't know, like the the change of pace handoff. Yeah. Here's the thing I will say. So even if he doesn't do well now, which I, or for the next few weeks, which we're sort of expecting him not to, I would keep an eye on him because going into fantasy playoffs, the last two weeks of playoffs, he goes against Jacksonville and the Giants. So depending on how he does mm. within before that, within the bubble like the next few weeks, like five or so weeks, I would keep an eye on him. And based on how he does that, he might be a sleeper player you put in in your lineup for those last two weeks 
to hopefully have a week like this and maybe get you that championship in fantasy. Give you that, that push. Over. Yeah, yeah, I like it though. Yeah, the end of, end of the season waiver ad. All right, and last running back we're going to talk about today, Todd Gurley, going up against one of the worst defenses. He got in the end zone, but he didn't look that great. Maybe they were holding him off because of his knee. He did get 18 carries, but for only 46 yards. He didn't get a single catch. Really, that touchdown saves his day. Todd Gurley is really someone I'm looking to trade high on. They play the Broncos, then the Saints, the Raiders, the Saints again, the Chargers, the Buccaneers, and then the Chiefs if you make it into your fantasy championship. That's not a schedule that I want my number two running back with. I think especially with how touchdown dependent he is. Yeah. It is insane the difference in points he has uh, with and without a touchdown. Like, without a touchdown, he has... Every week that he doesn't have a touchdown, he has less than 10 points. And then even this week with a touchdown, he still only had, like, 10 and a half. Like, he's... He's getting lucky, it seems like. And I would say, like, the the trading him now is, is a good thing because he there was a, a stat, I think, before Dalvin Cook played. But at the Thursday night game, I think he was the... Um, he had eight that gave him eight rushing touchdowns on the year, which was the most out of any running back. So you can kind of use that to sweeten the deal. If you're trying to trade him, um, it's just a nice stat to throw out there to, yeah. it sounds very fancy and pretty just to persuade someone just a little bit. Yeah. More. Like, yeah, Oh, he gets touchdowns. but that's yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Who are you looking like? Would you trade? Would you try to go get James Robinson? I think that's someone that I would be shooting for. James Robinson, he's passes by. He's he's fine. Uh, Ronald Jones, would you guys trade to go get Ronald Jones? Todd Gurley or Ronald Jones for rest of the season? Um, I think I got to stay with Todd Gurley. I'm on the Ronald Jones ride right now, and I want to get off. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, it's making me hate Bruce Arians. Um, I mean, you saw it tonight. Ronald Jones fumbled, and then like, I didn't see Ronald Jones again. It was like he he got locked in the dungeon. Yep. Or sorry, they're on the Bucks. He got locked in the brig. So, <laughs> um, it. it it seems like you make one mistake in that offense and Bruce Arians is like, no, like you can no longer play football, which I mean, I guess kind of works if you have Leonard Fournette behind you, but I, it's just, it's just sad. Cause it's like, like we said last, uh, last podcast, like he misses a blocking assignment. Suddenly he's out and it's like, nobody is perfect. You can't expect that from everybody. At least Todd Gurley is still getting the volume and Todd Gurley is still getting touchdowns. Like at the end of the day, like he is touchdown dependent, but he is still getting touchdowns. I mean, he is second in the NFL tied with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is also just getting an absolute godly amount of yards, but he's still there. He's still in discussion for it. And with Ronald Jones, like he does have a higher ceiling than Todd Gurley, I think. 
but him not playing big stretches of the game is a really big hindrance to me wanting to go for him, especially with Antonio Brown coming back. I think we mentioned, I think that's going to really hinder that backfield, like becoming part of the game. And Todd Gurley gets on the field. And then even if like Brian Hill is out there, you're like, oh, Brian Hill's in this play. Todd, when is Todd Gurley coming back? Like, you know, he's going to get back on the field. So what about someone else besides Ronald Jones, since you guys aren't that high on him, someone who gets all of the carries but just can't get in the end zone, David Montgomery? Would you go get David Montgomery for Todd Gurley? You're good at this, man. This is hard. <laughs> like I, They're like complete opposite players is why I pick him because David Montgomery gets all of the work and gets a bunch of yards but can't get in the end zone. Todd Gurley can't seem to rush for more than 50 yards and gets in the end zone every week. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, that's like the – comparison i think that's i think that's a good one because they're they're even because of that um, yeah and yeah david montgomery doesn't put up like he puts up around the same numbers as todd Gurley. it's just todd Gurley might run for you know he might break off a game while also having a touchdown but that's very rare the bears the bears play at the titans and they play the vikings the packers lions texans Vikings and Jaguars. So the matchups seem better for David Montgomery than they do for Todd Gurley, if that's something that will sway you. Has has Todd Gurley had a 100-yard game? This season? David, yeah, David Montgomery. No, in his whole career, has he had 100-yard? <laughs> entire um, career. Todd Gurley did have a 100-yard game. And Todd Gurley, I... I think I still got to go Todd father on this one because his worst rushing performance of the year, Gurley was 46 yards. It was this most recent week. And meanwhile, Montgomery hasn't reached a hundred yards. He catches the ball more, but he's still not getting enough work. I think, I think Ronald Jones was a little bit harder because Ronald Jones had that three game stretch where he had a hundred yards in each game. It's just Bruce Arians being spiteful now so i still got to go with the todd father it touchdowns do win championships like in in reality touchdowns um i think we'll bring it up later in the tight ends but like if you scored a touchdown as a tight end you were like top 15 tight end this week it's it was ridiculous so yeah touchdowns overall will win you the game and they can save games and they can really boost games but it's it's not a great game just yards wise until you get like a hundred. Yeah, I, mean, I, I Montgomery agree with did, that. Montgomery got over a hundred yards technically this week because of the I meant catch. Like rushing. All, all purpose. I just meant rushing. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think I have to stick with Todd Gurley over David Montgomery. Uh, last guy. Let me find one more. Antonio Gibson. You're going Antonio Gibson or Todd Gurley. I want I want that in there. I want that. Uh, <laughs> I want it in there. They play the Giants, the Lions, the Bengals, the Cowboys, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers. Jesus. That is such a 
that is a cush schedule for him. Oh my god. That's ridiculous. Um I think I think I'd go with This is more Gibson. touchdown or upside. Gibson yeah, probably has more upside, but Gurley is more touchdown capable. I think I'm going with Gibson. Um, My the only thing <laughs> make me yeah. someone besides Todd Gurley. I know the only thing I don't like about Gibson is um, their team. They seem, <laughs> yeah, they seem to go back and forth with who is getting the ball that week with McKissick. But I kind of hope that when they played Dallas and he got actually the lion's share of carries at twenty, and he produced 128 yards they're kind of like you know what gibson should be our runner and mckissick should be maybe out there catching the ball like that's who we should be that's how it should be split or even if mckissick just goes down there for third downs so i think i'll go gibson just because i more upside more upside and i'd rather go with the newer play like if they're kind of even with me i'm going to go with the newer player and just kind of see what they can do just go more risk than conservative for me personally. Yeah, going into the, the latter uh, half of the season, it's sort of time where you potentially need to take more risks depending on how you're doing in the season. So if Todd Gurley like isn't doing it for you, then yeah, I would say Gibson has that potential more upside to get you the points you need for crucial matchups. Yeah. Schedule two is just absolutely mm. amazing for Gibson. Yeah. We have thir- week 13 and 14 are going to be hard, but besides that, especially week 15 and 16, the fantasy playoffs, unless you do like a three round thing, are Seattle and Carolina. That's, that's a gimme. Let's go and just get these points. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Can. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some wide receivers we liked or maybe didn't like this week. First up, let's talk about Cooper Cup. Finally got over 10 targets, you guys. Finished the day with 21 targets. Like we said, Jared Goff was just out there throwing the ball because that's all they could do. They had to. Yeah, they did not look good, but Cooper Cup seemed to be his go-to guy. He's really let you down these past few weeks, but he finally came through. Is he someone you can start every week? Um, No. No. I think he's based on matchup. Based on matchup, based on who's on by. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. based on uh, you really need it. I mean, they have, they have a bye this week, so um, definitely can't play him this week. Yeah. Next week against Seattle, I think that's a good matchup. I think that's a good one to do it. I don't think Jared Goff will throw the ball 60 times again. No. So I don't no. think I don't think Cooper Cup will get targeted 21 <laughs> times. So, um, but the only issue I had is Cooper Cup has not scored in the past four weeks. Like he has not scored a touchdown. Yeah. Even if he's getting the looks. And I mean, against San Francisco, he got nine targets, but only three catches. They're just... Robert Woods gets those touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. Robert Woods is their touchdown guy. Absolutely. 
Is Robert Woods a guy you can you can start every week? I think you start both of them against Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. after that, both of them are based on matchup. Um, let me look more in depth into Woods because I mean they play they Tampa they play Tampa Bay after they play Seattle, so I think that's a good sit for Cooper Cup. Um, Tampa Bay seems to be the real deal. Cooper uh, Robert Woods is just getting the touchdowns more. He has four touchdowns on the year and yeah. he's has them more spread out. Um, but when Robert Woods is low, he's low. So. Yeah. He used to be that target PPR monster and he just hasn't been that the last two years and he hasn't been getting in the end zone either. Really? I mean, yes, he's leading this team, but four touchdowns. Uh, As the just, leader of the team. That, yeah. yeah Oof. Yeah. And some of those are running touchdowns, which is weird. He has no, he has six total touchdowns if you include the oh, Okay. Okay. So, um, that's what I like. Sorry. I, I forgot to look at that. But yeah. Okay, he, that that's I mean, better then. I think that helps his case, especially more than Cooper Cup, is he does he has he has a carry in every game except for against Washington. And he, he even had four carries against Chicago. So they're using him more on the field like he's he's kind of being used in that um i want to say like debo range where he'll he might not get all the yards receiving he'll get like four to five catches but then he'll also carry the ball a couple times that game and you can hope that he busts one out all right so yeah both rams wide receivers are based on matchup just you got to look at it week to week yeah go for it go for it one last thing he he is a he is a fantasy playoffs guy because they face the giant or the Jets and Seattle in the playoffs. So he's another one of those guys. Yep. To look at him there. So. All right, moving on to another guy, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Like we talked about in the news, he got hurt. He went out. He's mad about his contract. Is this someone that we said to drop him? but is he someone you can add now and stash on your bench or is he someone you could start? Are you even picking him up? Is he even worth it? No. 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 I, I with- think I think he, um, he did well because they had to pivot in the middle of the game when uh, Kenny went out. Um, I mean, he still only caught the ball three times and two were touchdowns. So yep. that really, truly Boosted saved his game. day. Yeah. Um, but besides that, he hasn't – last week he had 80 yards, and then he's had two games below 10 yards, and he's had – besides his 80-yard game, he has had one, two, three, four games below 40 yards. I think – So he's – I think we said to drop him before the 80-yard game. So if we keep saying bad things about him, he's going to keep doing good for fantasy. Yeah, so anybody we say to drop, you know what, maybe go and pick him up on daily fantasy. They'll have their career game that day. So, so even – um, was, there was a report that came out that Mohamed Sanu was uh, going to Detroit to uh, interview with them to see if they wanted to pick him up while Kenny Galladay's out. Does that – change anything Mohamed Sanu if he signs there is that anything big 
if he does, I, I still think like it, I don't think it necessarily affects Kenny Galladay, but I think it might affect Marvin Jones. Cause it's just like Marvin Jones is like the number two, but then if Sanu comes in, it's like that muddles that number two ness. Yeah. Um, I think they saw earlier in the season that Marvin Jones can't be the number one whenever Kenny Galladay was out earlier. So I think they need, they're just looking for someone to come in and take pressure off Marvin Jones, really take pressure off Matthew Stafford, I guess. Oh my God. Yeah. So what's up? Mar, it just feels like Muhammad Sanu just keeps getting bounced around team to team. I mean, he does in the, yeah, it's like, it's like when your parents retire. It's like when your parents retire and they travel the country only he just hasn't retired yet. And he's traveling the country. Kind of. Yeah. So this will be his his fourth, fourth team. team in two years. Yeah. So I no, I don't. If he wasn't, he's not a he wasn't a factor in Atlanta really. His last year, he wasn't a factor in New England at all, and he <laughs> he wasn't a factor in San Francisco. But maybe it's just because he isn't good. So yeah, I yeah no. I can't blame him for wanting to spend his latter years, his golden years, wanting to check out the sights of this great country. So, <laughs> and Detroit yeah. is one of them. <laughs> you know, Eight Mile, the water. Detroit is the fourth stop on that trip. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another guy, Marquise Brown. Marquise Hollywood Brown. He didn't look so great, but we know Lamar Jackson, whenever he gets behind, does not throw the ball well. So... Was that just the case in this game that they were trying to come back on the Steelers? And well, in the second half, they were trying to come back, and Lamar was not able to throw the ball really. Or, or is this something that you guys are looking at Hollywood Brown? Maybe you don't want him on your fantasy team. I would like to extend uh, what you said, where when they're down, Lamar doesn't throw the ball well. To this year no matter what LeBron, Lamar does not throw the ball well, he is does not have great accuracy, as we can see. And I think it just is elevated when a team is actually good at defense and he has to start throwing the ball. Marquise Brown had two targets, one catch, three yards, and a touchdown. And the other target he had was the play before he got the touchdown – where he couldn't get his feet down to score. So he was essentially a non-factor in the whole game except for two plays. So what, five minutes of real lifetime? Yeah. He He's trending down heavily for me, and I, I think if I were to have him, I would try to trade him on name brand alone. Like... He's, He's Lamar's favorite target. Yeah. yeah, he look at this great offense. Let's look at last year's stats. Don't yeah. look at 2020. Like he's great. His name's Hollywood. Trying, He's got to be a star. What we're telling um, you is rip the people off in your league. Just yes, trade rape them. Just, just not. Just absolutely. <laughs> just lie right that. to their face. Uh-huh. It you know what? You social can argue morals. Of <laughs> yeah. Social do it via Zoom or Skype or whatever you use. So I I don't like Marquise Brown. I don't 
I, yeah, I don't trust he, him either. No. He also, his best games are when he has big plays. Like he scored twice this year. Um, and I mean, I guess he'd scored the one time on a three yard catch, but the games that he does decent, his average catch um, average receiving yards is about 20. Those are his best games. Yeah. I don't know, like three receptions or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not very good for fantasy. No, he's, he's a guy who like has, is on your bench and you're like, Hmm, do I play him this week? Do I not play him this week? And then, you know, he's just a guy taking up space really. And so he's he's just yeah don't put him get rid of him i like he's somebody else and well he's just someone else deal with him yeah he's just causing too much like oh and it's like no just play somebody else put somebody else in your flex spot because that's where he's going to go your flex spot at best and then there are other players that should be on your bench where you can put in that flex spot instead of when when you say get rid of though do you mean trade or do you mean drop yeah, no, you know, he's worth trading. Yeah. Don't necessarily yeah, drop you him. Drop you can it. get something for him. Sorry. You can get something okay. for him. Okay. Because I would say, bet. like, I would say his his road to the playoffs starting in week 13 is, is nice. a cakewalk. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, New York Giants for the fantasy football championship. I mean, if he's going to start trending up, he's going to start it late because he has Indy, New England, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh the next four games. So you honestly could see stashing him on your bench and then hoping that, you know what, Lamar finally kicks it into gear and he starts throwing the ball deep well. And then you see Hollywood Brown start to emerge. So if you have season. if you have if you have a winning record right now, you're seven and one, six and two, is he someone that you want to trade for to stash on your bench for that stretch? Because you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot now. If if he's really going to go off during that stretch, then he he might be the the flex that wins you the league. Uh, I think I think if you're a seven and one or a six and two, I think you can make that risk. Um, I think you need to be paying attention um, and not buy high on him. You can probably sell. Yeah, wait um, a week. Yeah, I would I would say definitely like I don't think he's gonna do well against Indy. So if you want to wait one more week, you can be like, look, Marquise Brown isn't good. I'll take him. Like maybe try to get him in a pa- a little bit of a package if you want to trade for somebody else or if you have injuries. But I would try to sneakily get him if I'm winning, and then maybe keep him on the bench and just it's still hopeful. It's still like a hope that he is going to do well in the last couple of weeks. But if you're Losing record, you're fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think you have um, room to hope, and I think you need to go get somebody now. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's move on to these tight ends, and let's get through them kind of quick here. Mark Andrews, just another disappointing game. He's supposed to be a top three tight end, and he just has been letting you down recently. This is not someone you can drop for sure. I I think you just have to keep starting him and push through, you know? There's not much else you can do. Yeah, he's um, – because, like, tight end is a really thin position, like, for – have a really, really good week. Like, there are a lot of tight ends, but 
to have like the elite ones, that's where it's, it's really thin. And much like Marquise Brown, because he's on the same team, playoffs is where he's going to potentially come through. Like you're going to want him for playoffs, I think. Yeah. Because that's when he's going to hit big because he can show that he can hit big. But for right now, he's sort of middling. Like he's not really doing much because Baltimore, like if they don't have the passing game, then he's not going to do much. But he yeah, has he's the really hands. touchdown potential. I mean, touchdown dependent. Yeah. I mean, but so, he has that touchdown potential. <laughs> which is good for those playoffs. Yeah. So if you have him on your, like, and he's like a tight end, which is a position where if it goes off, you have a chance to do very well in a game. Those last couple games are going to be key. So, uh, yeah, I would keep him. Just yep, hang on to him. Just keep playing him because you're, he's going to get through that. Like, like yeah. Keanu said, the, the playoff schedule gets really easy for him. Another guy, Eric Ebron, finished tight end three this week. He's 51% owned. This is a guy, they play the Cowboys this coming up week. If you lost Kittle, go get Ebron because the Cowboys can't stop anyone through the air. So this is a guy you're going to want to add. This is, he's a streaming option. He's not a starter each week, but he has touchdown potential too. So, And he's a guy who, like, every time I think, uh, no, Ebron, I don't want to – he always finds, like, a way to do something where it's like, okay, maybe I'll think about him. And plus, if you need a tight end and are worried about a tight end, he's a potential guy to, to get. He's probably like the best tight end on the waiver wire. And yeah, he, he has a chance to show up in any game. He's kind of a, he's kind of like, um, like John Travolta where he shows up like every, every like once or twice a decade. And it's like, Oh yeah, he's still a thing. Like absolutely love the reference. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely love the reference. Just, Hey, Check did his, you forget about John Travolta? Here he is. Check his IMDb. Yeah. Just, I, I think his, his Eric Ebron, not John Travolta's next three matchups is um, favorable to Dallas, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. So he has, he has pretty good potential there. And then if you assume that he's going to do the same that he did against Baltimore, they play Baltimore in week 12. So the fourth matchup. So He's a pretty good option. He's in the last three weeks, he's been tight end 11, which 12 man league is starter. That's a definite starter. And uh, like we said, it's a very thin position. Yeah. Last guy we're going to talk about here today, TJ Hawkinson. This has been the tight end find of the season. I feel like at least to me, He's he's just really came through for him this this season. He's scoring touchdowns. If you, you drafted him, you drafted him late, and so tight end four on the season right now. Start yeah. him. He's a starter each week. He's had he had his most um, catches and most yards this season. He didn't get a, a touchdown, but you know he got. He got targets and he got the catches in his most yards with seven catches for 65 yards. Um, and he hasn't f- finished with fewer than seven points on the year. So that's a good tight end. That's a, yeah. that, that'll do it for you at tight end. So yep. he's a guy that would, you want to start each week. 
I would say that you need to uh, take the title from Cole Beasley. And I was just to thinking TJ that. Hawkinson. He is Mr. Consistency. I mean, he hasn't scored any more than about 14, 15 points. So he's, but at tight end, it's kind of nice to have somebody who you know is going to be like, all right, I have at least eight points coming and possibly yeah. 15. Yeah. Like, especially at tight end where it's possible that like, you get nothing or you have Kittle who just went out who only had four. So. Yeah. TJ, thank Jesus. I have Hawkinson. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, that's going to end it for us here today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go over to head over to Apple podcast. Leave us a five star review. If you feel so inclined, uh, tell you guys tell your friends please because word of mouth means a lot to us over here it's really how we go head over to fantasydaydreamers.com ian put his monthly article up so please go read that really informative really funny cool cool stuff uh follow us on instagram at fantasy daydreamers and on twitter at ff daydreamers like and subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts anything from you guys ian producer ian keone you guys need to stay dreaming. Yes. I'll, I'll agree with that. For the week. <laughs> I'll agree with that. For the week. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. In these, in these rough times, it's, uh, it's really, really important to, uh, to stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.